Today's scripture reading is Luke 8, 2, 8 through 21. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great community company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that, is about, that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child and who had, who had heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. The word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to sing so many beautiful Christmas songs, Christmas carols. Uh, Thank you that we get to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus, into this world. Uh, I pray that we would focus on him as we go through the rest of the service and as we wake up tomorrow, uh, remembering the gift that we have in the birth of uh, baby Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So we do see uh, a few new faces here tonight, and I'm, I'm grateful for you all coming out to uh, check us out. So you might not know much about us or, or me. My name is Jonathan. Uh, I'm the pastor here at Cornerstone, uh, and we're a, a fairly young church, but I wanted to share a little bit about uh, myself. Uh, so you, I don't know if you can tell from my, my like non-New Englander accent, but I'm not from here. I'm from Colorado. From the mountains of Colorado, a little town called Estes Park. And Estes Park has about 10,000 people uh, that live there year-round. So it's pretty tiny, pretty small. And in the summers, there's about 2 million people that come through the town because it's a tourist town. Uh, but it's not known for having like, great jobs. It's not known for like, big corporate jobs. It's, not known, I mean, it's known for hiking, I guess, and getting outside. It's Colorado. Uh, but it's not really a place that you would say, ah, that's a special place, Estes Park. I want to go and I want to visit there. Now, uh, Monica and I occasionally go back to Colorado to visit. And this Christmas, we're staying here in Massachusetts. But last Christmas, we went home and we visited uh, my family uh, in Estes Park. And the first night there, so we, were, we flew in and we were eating dinner uh, with our family. And there was a knock on the door. Uh, and so I went and I was like, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll go check this out. And so I, I went and I was like, who is knocking on our door on Christmas? And so I went and I answered the door, and it was my childhood friend Jake and his wife Maggie. Now, Maggie was looking very pregnant, and they were kind of looking like distraught. I don't know about you, but you can just tell when someone's like agitated and stressed out and distraught. 
Now, I hadn't hung out with Jake in years, so I was kind of surprised to see him. So I asked him, like, hey, Jake, what's going on? Uh, I invited them in, and we sat on the couch, and he said, well, uh, I, I had to come here like, unexpectedly. I wasn't planning to be here for Christmas. Maggie and I were not planning to come uh, back to Estes, but uh, the governor of my state actually passed a law that said you have to prove your citizenship in order to be able to work in the state. And of course, it's being challenged by the courts, uh, but I just figured, you know what, I'll get I'll take care of it. I'll get all of my like, paperwork figured out. And he realized he had lost his birth certificate. And so he had to come back to his hometown, to Estes Park, where he was born, to get his birth certificate. They weren't able to send it to him because of a clerical error. And so they had come home for the holidays, but his family was gone. So Jake's family, no longer in Estes, no longer in town. And so uh, they were looking around at all the different hotels and inns and Airbnbs and vacation rentals, and they were all full. And he said, well, your parents, like, they have a vacation rental, right? Like, that's true. My parents do rent out their home in the summers as a vacation rental. So I was like, okay, um, well, there's a problem. (laughs) There's no room in our vacation rental because my sister's here, my wife and I are here, my 10 nieces and nephews are here, like everyone is here. There's no room for you guys to stay. I'm sorry, I feel bad for you. And of course, Maggie didn't didn't resonate with that and she burst into tears. She said, like, we just need some place to stay. I don't want my unborn baby, I'm super pregnant, I'm about to give birth. I don't want my unborn baby to give birth in the cold, to be out in the cold tonight if I sleep outside in the car. And then she said this. Maggie said, my, my baby is like really special. An angel appeared to me and an angel said, this, this baby is going to change the world. This baby is going to change the course of human history. He is going to be the king of kings. And I thought, you're crazy. (laughs) This is really, really weird. You're standing at my door. You're out of nowhere. There's no room. Just go away. And she said, I think she saw like the look on my face. She said, no, like the angel really really showed up to me, and I was like, well, how can this be? And the angel said, well, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. God's going to come on you, and he's, gonna, uh, he's just going to give you this child, and you should name this child Joshua because he will save his people from their sins. People are going to call him the Son of the Most High, the Son of God. You can't really say much to, like, an expecting mom, right, about their child. Sure, the child's going to be great. I was pretty sure their like, wedding was a shotgun wedding. They'd gotten married like two weeks previous, and she was looking like she was ready to burst. See, I thought she was crazy. I thought like, the message was unbelievable. I did not believe the news about this child, that this child was going to be special and significant, and the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Most High. And Jake said, are you sure there's like, you don't have a place we could stay? And that's when I remembered actually my parents, because they rent out their vacation rental, they were building a tiny house. Uh, So this tiny house had insulation and like a tiny wood stove. I was like, well, I guess you can stay at the tiny house. I mean, our bunnies stay in the tiny house and it kind of smells like bunnies, but we can 
move our bunnies out, and so I did. That's what I did. I took the bunnies, and I put them in our garage, and I took Maggie and Jake back to the tiny house, and I got a little fire started, and I heated up. It got warm, and I, I left them there, and I went back inside, and not five minutes later, there was like this banging on the door. And I was like, oh no, what is this now? So I went back to the door and I opened it up and there was Jake again. And his face was like as white as a sheet. He was really scared. He said, Maggie is having her baby. And I said, so take her to the hospital. And he said, we can't. We don't have insurance. And I was like, well, bring her inside. And he said, well, she's already having the baby. We're not moving her. She is having her baby tonight in the tiny house. So I was like, okay. So I ran and I got my sister-in-law who was given, you know, several uh, deliveries at home, births at home. And for the next couple hours, uh, there was this giving birth. There was cries and pain uh, and my whole family we just kind of sat inside looking nervous. Jake ran back and forth getting hot water and towels and just looking terrified. And then a couple hours later the, the cries of pain stopped and then a new kind of cry filled the night sky. Uh, the, the, the cries of a baby, a newborn baby. And then I guess Mary swaddled this, Maggie swaddled this child uh, because the baby stopped crying and it was a silent night, a holy night. By this time it was late and I thought about going to meet the new baby, but like newborn babies are kind of gross, so I was like, I think I'm going to stay away from that. And we weren't family. And so we slowly made our way to bed, and I continued to think about what Maggie had said. Could this child really be like the son of the Most High, the son of God, the King of Kings? I, I was interested in the name Joshua. Like That seems like a very specific name for the angel to say, you must name this child Joshua. So I googled the name Joshua, and I learned that in Hebrew, Joshua means Yahweh is salvation, or God is salvation. Yahweh is the, God, the name of God in the Old Testament. So I was like, well, okay, so this baby is going to be special. There's something to this baby, but I don't know if this baby is really going to bring God's salvation into this world. There was another knock on the door. This one was like not quite as panicked, but a little bit softer, but still pretty firm. And so I went and I, and I opened the door uh, and I, I thought, you know, I'm sure Maggie is having some sort of post-delivery complication, but it wasn't Maggie, it wasn't Jake, it was an entirely different family. It was Tom and Linda Shepard and their five kids. Tom and Linda and their five kids, they live outside of Estes Park in the mountains. They have a, a, a rich love for animals. <laughs> they have goats and like a herd of sheep. They have chickens, but they weren't very popular in town. A lot of people looked down on them. They're kind of social outcasts because they smelled like all of the animals they owned. And people didn't really want to be around them because they weren't very clean. But tonight they were at my doorstep, so I was like, okay, here's just a parade at our house. Can I help you? I asked Tom. He said, 
Well, we were out by our pasture tonight. We were, we were, uh, we were letting our sheep graze, and an angel appeared in the sky. I thought, oh, no, <laughs> not more of this. I don't want to hear about God's angels coming and give you a message. But he kept going. He said, God's glory shone all around us. And he described what that meant. He's like, he said, the, the, the mountains and the hills and the trees and the grass, they lit up with this like heavenly light, this heavenly fire. They glowed from the presence of that angel standing there on that hill. And I said, well, that's impossible. It must have been like a shooting star or maybe there was a fire. And the oldest son will said, you know, see, look, I got a picture on Snapchat. And he pulled out his phone. He showed me his picture, and it just looked like a bright light. But what caught my attention was not the picture or even their words. It was the look in their eyes that they believed this had happened. And it was in Tom's eyes. It was Linda's eyes. It was in their children's eyes. They believed that they had seen an angel. Tom continued, he said, the angel must have saw how terrified I looked, how afraid I was, because he said, don't be afraid. I'm here to give you good news, good news that can make all people really happy. All right, I like good news. He said, today in town, a Savior is born, a Savior who is the Messiah, God's only chosen king, the promised deliverer. There's this baby, he's wrapped in a blanket, and you can find him wrapped in in blankets and set in a feeding trough, a manger. And then as the angel said this, uh, the angel was surrounded by a whole host of angels lighting up the whole night sky, and they sang together glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And then they disappeared. All the angels went back to heaven. He had my attention now. I said, well, what do you think it means? Tom said, it means that the Savior of sinners is here. It means that nothing will ever be the same. It means that all of human history has set a new course. It means that anyone who knows this person, this Savior, can experience peace. I like that word, peace. We need peace in this world, I thought. There's no peace, right? You watch the news. There's just wars. There's chaos. There's, there's politicians. There's, there's bullies. There's injustice. I don't even know what true peace is out there, and I certainly don't know what true peace is inside because I feel guilt and shame. Sometimes I feel condemned. I need true peace, Tom continued, he said, once the angel left, your name came to mind, so we just thought we'd come on over. Do you know where this child is? I said, well, no, but I guess Maggie and Jake, they just had their baby in our tiny house. Do you mean them? I said, sure, and so I led them and their five kids out back to the tiny house, and I opened the door, and like the the warmth of the, of the stove and the smell of bunnies washed over me. 
And I stepped inside and I saw Maggie and her face, it was lit up. And she had placed her, her newborn baby, she'd wrapped him in baby blankets and placed him in a large wooden bowl for serving bread, a feeding trough of sorts, a manger. The shepherd family, they went inside and they fell down on their knees before this baby. And they bowed their heads and they began to praise and I, I heard them speak out loud. They were like praising God. They were looking at this baby. They were worshiping this baby as if this baby was God. Maggie looked up at me and her eyes met mine for a moment and it was like she was saying, do you believe now? <laughs> I realized like I, I was witnessing something that was unbelievable. I'd been given many opportunities throughout that evening to believe. When the first news came from Maggie's own lips, this child is special. This child is the son of God, the son of the most high. I didn't believe. I thought this message is weird. This message is unbelievable. I had time to think about it, and then the message came to me again, this time from the shepherd family, and they, they proclaimed the news and said angels had come to them too, and I I chose again not to believe. And finally, I was now face to face with that child. When I was being given another opportunity to this time believe the message, to this time believe the news. Sure, maybe he was special, but would he change the world? Would he be God's only chosen savior? Would he be the king of kings? If you haven't caught on by now, this is not my story. This is a creative retelling of Luke chapter 2 and the story of Joseph and Mary. I did say Mary about halfway through. And the birth of Jesus. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua. Jesus' name means God is salvation. This is me imagining myself into the story, imagining myself into the story as the innkeeper. See, I wanted to intentionally place myself into the story to see how might I respond if I received the similar news. And I want each of you to intentionally place yourself in the story in Luke chapter 2. How would you respond if you heard the news that this Christ child had been born, had come into the world, who's the king of kings? Because right now, this evening, you're receiving the same news. See, now you're a part of the story, and we each get to ask ourselves, how are we going to respond? How am I going to respond? Maybe you're going to respond like the shepherds. The shepherds, they were social outcasts who didn't really care what other people thought of them. They did not live their life by peer pressure. <laughs> they received the good news of Jesus Christ and his birth, and they believed. And they believed so much, they went out and they spread the news. They spread the word. If you're someone who truly believes in the message of Christ this Christmas, would you share that message with your family, with your friends? Or maybe you're more like Mary. Maybe you're more like Maggie. <laughs> in Luke chapter 2, it says she treasured all these things in her heart. 
Maybe you're hearing the story of Jesus' birth a little new this evening, and you need to take time to think about it. (laughs) You need to treasure it up in your heart. I want to encourage you tonight to take the time to really think about the story of Jesus and if it might be true. Read through Luke chapter 2 on your own and imagine yourself into the story. Or maybe you're like one of the innkeepers. We don't know about the innkeeper who, who, who sent Mary and Joseph out, <laughs> uh, who sent them to the stable, but we do know that this innkeeper shut the door on the king of kings, on the greatest person to ever live. Maybe your heart isn't ready to believe. Maybe your heart thinks this is a fairy tale, this is a myth, this is something that was made up in order to uh, make people give money and, uh, and, and to get power. That's not the message of Jesus. He raises the low up. He raises social outcasts like shepherds and like a, like a, a teenage girl, Mary, who no one knew. It wasn't any easier for those first people who heard the news to believe. (laughs) 2,000 years later, it's not any easier to believe today. It's weird. It is a weird story. But if it's true, it changes everything. It changes my life. It changes your life. And maybe, just maybe, the story of Jesus, the birth of Christ, is true. What if it were true? What if it really did happen? What if Jesus really was born 2,000 years ago in a manger in in the town of Bethlehem that wasn't a special place, that wasn't significant? What if uh, Jesus really was conceived by the Holy Spirit, by God, and born in a virgin? What if the angels really did fill the night sky and lit up the whole heaven and delivered this news to, to lowly shepherds? What if Jesus really did come to save his people from their sins? What if Jesus is the son of God, the son of the most high, the king of kings, the Messiah? What if he lived a sinless, perfect, innocent life and died a terrible, tragic, uh, substitutionary death on the cross, becoming your substitute if you put your faith in him so that you can live and don't have to die? What if Jesus did not stay dead and rose three days later and we celebrate that day on Easter? And what if you put your faith in him too and confess your sins that you'll raise from the, rise from the grave one day as well? What if God wants to give you eternal life through knowing Jesus, through being in a relationship with God himself? What if this Christmas is not like any other Christmas because... You believe. So here's the question for tonight. Will you shut the door or believe? See, you're in the story now, (laughs) whether you like it or not. Will you shut the door or will you believe? How will you respond? Will you respond like the shepherds and believe? Tell others? Will you respond like Mary and treasure these things in your heart? Will you, sh- you respond like the innkeeper who shut the door on the King of Kings? I promise you that if you don't shut the door and if you keep it open and 
You walk into a relationship with this precious child who is the Lord of the universe. You will not be disappointed. Will you shut the door or believe? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the message of Christ Jesus. Thank you that his birth is real. It's a miracle, it's a mystery, but it's true. Help us believe, Father. Through your Holy Spirit, help us believe. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.